Welcome to the Money Mindset Podcast, where you will find the inspiration and motivation you need to manage your money better so you can stress less and live the life you want. I am Ashley Patrick with Budgets Made Easy and the Money Mindset Podcast. I'm so excited. Today we are talking to Misty Lynch, who is a certified financial planner and the founder of Relatable Wealth, where she helps families and business owners manage their money better. And today I'm going to be talking to her all about a year-long shopping ban. Yes, she went on a year-long shopping hiatus. Like, I don't even know how somebody can manage to do that. You know, I do it for like two weeks at a time, um, but she was able to do it for a whole year and it really changed how she thought about shopping and spending money and it she created new habits to um, spend less even once she was done with this year-long experiment. Um, and so we are going to jump all into how she did that and, you know, kind of how her mindset has changed since then. Um, if you wanted to do a no spend challenge as well, you don't have to do a whole year to be successful. You know, a lot of times even just like two weeks is really good to kind of reset your spending and be able to save some money. Um, a lot of people even do up to a month. Um, you can go to budgetsmadeeasy.com slash no dash spend dash challenge. I've got a free printable there as well. And then some tips on how to get started. So I will link to that in the show notes as well. So you can go get your free no spend planning checklist plus some ideas on things to do besides shopping um, and then some tips on kind of reducing the temptation to shop as well. So let's jump into Misty's interview and see how she was able to pull off not shopping for a whole year. Thanks, Misty, so much for being here. I am so excited to talk with you today. Great. Thank you for having me. So before we jump in now, I do want to talk about, we're going to talk about your year-long shopping hiatus. But before we do that, because I'm really excited to hear how in the world you did that for a whole year. Uh, but can you just kind of quickly tell us about yourself and what you do? Uh, sure. Um, so my name is Misty Lynch. I'm a certified financial planner and a behavioral financial advisor. Um, and I am a blogger at relatablewealth.com. And I created this blog really when I started to um, decided I wanted to try to do a year long shopping ban and not buy any clothes, shoes or bags for the entire year. And I thought writing about it and telling everybody that I could about it um, would help keep me accountable. And it, and it definitely did. So that's, um, so that's just a little bit about me. I'm also, um, I have, you know, a five year old and a seven year old and uh, live out in Massachusetts with my husband. Awesome. So this, so you decided not to buy any clothes, handbags, shoes, like, was that primarily it or was there like other things in there? Yeah. So for me, I, um, you know, I, I had kind of noticed that, you know, when I started to, you know, make more money and, you know, I, I, I always was just, I was just in a habit of, of buying things that, um, I didn't really even need, or sometimes I, I would have clothes in my closet with tags on them. And it just started to, I wondered when I, you know, started developing these habits and it really, um, I think I came across an article about somebody who like had stopped shopping for like two weeks. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I was just like, I bet I have enough stuff here that I could do this for an entire year and be completely fine. <laughs> and um, I really just wanted to see, you know, 
what was motivating me to, you know, spend on things that, you know, when I could be using my money for, for things that I cared about more, or maybe um, starting a business or doing something different. So it really was more just like an experiment, I guess you could say, um, to see if I could start to, you know, be more mindful about some of the, some of the things that I was, that I was doing, just filling up my cart on Amazon and clicking and just, yeah. you know, and not even knowing what was coming in the mail. So I think I've talked to a lot of people that kind of, you know, are in similar habits. You know, I had two small kids. I was, you know, up at night nursing in the middle of the night and I would be shopping because my phone was right there. So it's something that's become really easy for people to do, but mm -hmm. it could get a little bit out of control. And, and, you know, when you wanted to, you know, when you want to stay out of debt and you want to do um, you know, accomplish more with your money. Um, sometimes there's some really tempting things out there that can uh, can just keep you from from achieving those goals. So it was really just an experiment to kind of see what triggered me to you know act a certain way and how I could how I could go about changing it. So did you set out to do it for a whole year, or was that just kind of like you just kept going? Nope. It was, it was, the goal was a new year's resolution. Really. <laughs> I started on, on January 1st and, um, and then, you know, kind of in my first blog post that I posted that, that first week of January was that this was my resolution for the year. And, um, and what, you know, that I would track my progress quarterly. And then in the middle of, you know, um, as I was going throughout the year, I would kind of write things about, about money mindset, about, you know, about shopping, about, um, you know, business and family and other, other financial goals, just to kind of, I didn't think anybody wanted to follow every week of yeah. <laughs> things I wanted to buy and didn't. Um, but yeah, it really was kind of the intention. It was in the, in to see if it could go an entire year and, and how, how it would change me afterwards. So what did you, so one, did you make it the whole year? I did. I awesome. did. The only time that I got anything new was like on Mother's Day, but it was, it's interesting because when you just have like an instant gratification kind of world where you see something you like on someone else and you can just buy it, it really was different when it got to be like Mother's Day or my birthday. Like I had a list of things that I really wanted and I don't remember having anything like that since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, like the yeah. things that you couldn't just go get um, and that, you know, like I really wanted a, a pair of slippers that I'd worn out completely. And I, and I waited till Mother's Day. And when I got them, I was so happy, like a different, <laughs> different kind of happy than when you can just put them in your cart and, and get them tomorrow. Um, so it was um, interesting. So yeah, I did get a few new things, but those were really, um, those were like on my, on my birthday or Mother's Day. Um, and, you know, occasionally if I got a gift card for, um, like a, a birthday present that I would be able to use that. But it was weird. I almost felt strange using it. Like it had to be so important yeah. <laughs> like, that it couldn't just, I couldn't just ruin it on the first thing I saw. So those ended up sticking around in my wallet much longer than they usually do. Yeah. So how, how do you think that it kind of changed your mindset to, to do it for this long? Well, I think, you know, I had a job for a while where I was traveling. And so I would um, be by myself in different cities. And a lot of times I think like I would just go, I would just go shopping mm -hmm. um, to pass time. Um, but really what I was probably feeling was like lonely or mm -hmm. bored, you know? And so um, I, I kind of realized that it wasn't exactly a good pastime, you know, spending money is something you should do, um, with your front brain. You should do, you know, 
with some planning and some, you know, thinking ahead about it. And so I really just, you know, started to, you know, if I felt like, you know, I always had a lot of books around, you know, so instead of feeling like, oh, I have a couple hours to myself, I should go shopping, I would say I would kind of swap it with a different habit that I felt accomplished a goal that I wanted to do, which was read more. And so it was just kind of noticing those moments where you felt like just kind of like compulsively like, oh, I'm just going to go do this because I have time or I'm by myself or, um, you know, I'm on the West Coast and my family's asleep. Who should I talk to? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can kind of, um, I could kind of notice more when I wanted to spend money or if I like didn't have a great day. Um, I would, you know, sometimes instead of, you know, you know, everybody has some, you know, usually we try to, to feel better. And Mm -hmm. so with, you know, having everything at our fingertips now, you can go eat, you could go drink, you could go shop, you can do all of these things. And sometimes doing them just puts you back in that cycle of feeling worse (laughs) afterwards, which leads to more of that same behavior. So it really was kind of, setting up these roadblocks to say like, okay, this isn't something I do now. What will I, you know, what can I do if I don't have a great day at work? Okay. I can, you know, take the dog for a walk or I can, you know, I kind of had these backup things that were just easy go-to ways to kind of snap out of whatever, you know, mindset or bad mood or anything that I was in to kind of just reset and get back to normal instead of doing something that I wanted to, you know, to stop doing. I also started to sell some of my things that I had, like the bags and the clothes that I'd acquired and held onto for 10 years that I had no interest in anymore. Um, I got a lot, got rid of a lot of suits that could go to women who were looking for jobs or maybe wanted, you know, needed to, to get something either secondhand or donated to, you know, go get their first interview when they were just hanging in my closet in the attic. So I kind of felt good giving things away more. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost felt as good as getting things, um, possibly better. Um, and so that was kind of an interesting thing to say, like, I don't even need more stuff, but I could also get rid of stuff at the same time too. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that you did to kind of make it easier for you? So you weren't so tempted you know, like emails and just, you know, all the advertisements and things like that, especially for a whole year. I'm sure as you built the habit and stuff, it got easier and easier, um, for at certain times anyway, but I'm sure you still had your weak moments. Yeah, no. Um, one of the first things I did was I unsubscribed to probably over a hundred different emails that were coming to me from retailers. And, um, sometimes you'd have to unsubscribe several times Mm -hmm. (laughs) from different places. Because really when you're looking, you know, like I, um, you know, when I was up late with my, with my babies, when they were, when they were really small, I mean, there would just be so many things. Every time you scroll through a newsfeed, there's advertisements and and things that are basically just tailored to you, like Mm -hmm. exactly what you were looking for. So I spent a lot less time, um, following different stores or things that I liked. I unsubscribed to all the emails and then eventually my feed stopped showing those things. I did start seeing more of people like that I found inspiring, like some, you know, I, I just kind of changed everything I was looking at and eventually you're, you know, the, everything that's tracking your every move online starts picking up the things that you like. And mm-hmm. so, um, I really just tried to get, you know, limit how much, 
I was seeing because yeah, it's tough when you see like, you know, oh, this, the sales going on or, or you have, um, you know, there's all these new things are coming out for the season. And my husband actually did most of the, he likes, he likes to shop and he's good at it. So he, um, he did a lot of the shopping for the kids. Um, you know, because they obviously needed new things throughout the year because they were growing. And, um, I just, you know, if I went into the store to get stuff, I would just go straight to the kids section and, and find what I needed and, and walk out without even trying to, to look around to see if there was anything nice. Sometimes I would see some, like, um, you know, if, if we went into a store and there was like the mannequins or anything, I would start thinking, what do I have that's like that? Could I make that outfit based on stuff that I have in my closet? Um, because, you know, I still had things to do and wanted to, to look nice. And I, um, that kind of was an interesting way to rethink. I need that. I want to buy that right now. It was, okay, do I have anything close to that? Or like, could I put an outfit together like that? And, um, I'm not necessarily good at putting outfits together. <laughs> and so Me sometimes <laughs> I, would see, I would see stuff like that and be like, you know what? I think I could do that. Or, um, let me go back and look at what I have because we tend to just pile up stuff. And if it's in a basket under your bed or up in the attic, you're not going to remember it. You're really just going to see the stuff that's right there. So almost, you know, getting rid of some of the stuff that you really don't want anymore and then trying to be a little more creative with what you had. I mean, it kind of made things a little bit more interesting. And I did, I did try to wear different outfits, probably more so than normal where I just had my go-to things or would buy something new every time I had um, plans. Um, so how much money do you think that you saved that year? So I was looking back at my, um, <laughs> I do track all of my, um, my spending um, with the financial planning software that I use um, with clients. And I, it looked like I had spent about, I think it was, I'd have to look, but it was probably like $5,000 that I had normally spent just on um, random shopping mm -hmm. things for myself throughout the year, which it, you know, it ends up being quite a bit, you know, if you're spending like, you know, a couple hundred dollars a, a month or, you know, maybe one month you have more. Um, and that to me was just, um, you know, it, it was, it was too much based on what I actually needed. So I would say that I probably saved that much, you know, just yeah. thinking back about it, um, because I really wasn't paying attention. Um, and so it might not seem it, you know, when you make your budget and I know you help people with budgeting too, it's really easy to remember like the mortgage and the groceries, but people forget all those little things that they pick up, you know, when they spend $50 at Target um, on a Saturday, that might not be added into their line items when they have that budget in their head. But those those dollars definitely add up and are, are worth tracking. So um, it is really important to be kind of mindful about all of that spending. And then, you know, if you do say like, okay, I'm going to spend $200 and I'm going to get a pair of, you know, a new jacket because I need one or, um, you know, I, I need a pair of shoes, you know, it's very different when you plan ahead and go into a store to find exactly what you need. Um, instead of just waiting for, you know, for like target to tell you what you need. I think yeah. that, that leads to a lot of, a lot of impulse buying and spending where you're like, why did I even do that? But then you usually move on. But now whenever you were finished with this, cause you did this last year, right? In 2018. Yeah. Um, so how did how has your shopping changed 
since, I mean, you're technically not doing this challenge, you know, once you were done and you could spend, how did you handle that? Yeah. So I think there was definitely some things that needed to be replaced. I think my, my workout clothes were probably the most, (laughs) um, they were in the worst shape. Um, and I think there was a pair of sweatpants that my husband was like, trying to throw out. (laughs) And, um, I think I had a, like a Yukon sweatshirt that I still, I still hold on to, even though it is falling apart. Um, but yeah, so there were some things that I said, like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try to find, you know, a few more pairs of workout pants and, but I would do it very mindfully. So like, if I wanted to go to a store like old Navy, I would know what I wanted. I would look on my phone um, for coupons or, or deals before I went. So I would do all of these things that make you think. So when you plan ahead, it's very, it's, it's easier than getting, you know, swept away and doing something, you know, that you never intended to do. So I would almost have like lists of that I wanted. I would know which coupon code or whatever I wanted to use. Um, sometimes I would buy it online if that just kept it easier. Um, but a lot of times I would still go to a store cause that's another, um, hurdle to actually mm-hmm. have to get up, get dressed, go where you need to go, look at it and decide that that's something you want. Um, and I would kind of stick to it. Um, I don't, um, I still see some things that I, you know, that I like on other people, you know, but I have to, I've started to be better at realizing like, sometimes it's just okay to see somebody look really nice and tell them that I love those boots or I love your dress and move on because that's what I had done the whole last year. Mm-hmm. It didn't mean I have to have that or me at five foot two would look anything like the person <laughs> that I might've seen wearing a pair of skinny jeans with a perfect blazer, like looks completely different on me. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, you know, spent a little bit more time, like less time feeling like that envious or that kind of, you know, oh, I have to go, you know, do that thing or, or look that way and kind of tried to figure out what looks best on me and, and stop buying things that maybe I just liked on other people yeah, uh, so that I would wear it more or that I would actually use it. So yeah, so I kind of just have very like when I, when I do shop, it's usually, I still like, you know, if I have a gift card that that's kind of fun to spend it, but I'm just a little bit more, you know, um, clear on what I actually really need and what I, I know what I have now, which is much better <laughs> yeah. to actually know what, what your little inventory is. And I do, um, I do like consignment. Um, I do give, you know, sell a lot of clothes at a consignment store that opened recently. And I do, um, I kind of have read a, a little bit about like fast fashion and like its impact on the planet. Um, and all of the clothes that are really meant to be worn for one season and just end up in landfills. And, and I really kind of started thinking about that too, because that, that helped me, you know, reading things, of course, that kind of support some of your, your goals and opinions. And that made me think about how much we're actually buying and consuming that maybe we could get secondhand or we could, um, give away some of our stuff when we need to and and give it to other people. So that kind of helped me think about like, okay, do I really need to buy one more thing or mm-hmm. am I good? Like, do I have enough shoes or could I, could I wear something different? Um, and that, that kind of helped um, with some of those, those triggers and thinking about what else I could do instead. So if somebody listening is wanting to do a no spin 
challenge, you know, cause I really advocate for that for just, you know, resetting your shopping habits and just trying to rein in your budget and things like that. Maybe not necessarily for a whole year, yep. um, which is, you know, not a bad idea at all. If you really want to um, make some good progress, but even if, <laughs> let's say it's they a just, lot. yeah, it's a long time. So mm-hmm. even if they're wanting to just do two weeks or a month or something like that, what kind of tips would you give them to kind of help make it easier for them? Yeah. So I think, you know, and I, not everybody's a writer, but you don't, you don't have to be, but I do think if you, if you write down what your goals are, um, I think that that could be helpful. Um, you know, I told plenty of people what I was doing. Nobody necessarily wanted to join me and I don't blame them, (laughs) but I told them, you know, what I was doing and why. And sometimes even just saying things like that, um, will make you like, even if you say, I'm going to go to the gym in the morning and you told one more person who's planning to see you there, you're more likely to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think that that was something I did. Um, and I, I told people what I was doing. I did use journaling and stuff as a, you know, I, I, I did start writing down certain things, you know, that if you're trying to give up something, you know, start your morning writing down some things that you have already and that you're grateful for. It'll kind of make you feel a little bit less, um, just a little bit better. You know, I I think it's just a good way to kind of start your day with like a good mindset, especially if you're trying to give something up or say you're going on a diet or doing a cleanse or trying to stop drinking for a month, you know, anything like that. If you, if you start by thinking about like all of the things you want to accomplish during the day and some of the great things that you've already got going on, um, it just makes it easier (laughs) because you're already in a good space. And then I think like tracking the budgeting was, was good. I, um, I saw, you know, my savings increased. I was able to, you know, to, to see a positive, you know, throughout the year, you know, positive growth. So even if you just wanted to stop spending, um, you know, maybe you feel like you're, you're spending too much or you want to spend less on takeout and, and do more at restaurants, start, put that money that you would normally have used and, either put it in a savings account or even if it's just for a week or a month, you could put it like in a jar in your house, you know, and that, that helps to kind of show progress. And then it's like, okay, well, if I was normally spending, you know, $5 a day on, you know, on lunch and I stopped doing that, you know, by the end of the month, you might be like, okay, I can actually like, I could start an investment account with this money. With this money. Yeah. I could do a lot of different things. And so I think that that's kind of, um, important. And if you know what you're like, one of the things that I do sometimes with, with clients that are kind of like feeling like they're not acquiring any, any wealth or they feel like they make good money and they don't know where it goes. It's really good to kind of narrow down what your real values are. So I was spending all this money on shopping, but that's not one of my top five values in my life. That's not my family. That's not, um, education. That's not, um, independence or, you know, entrepreneur, it's, it's none of those things. And so when I stop spending money in different areas that if I couldn't ask myself, like, does this support, you know, the things that I care about? Um, and if the answer was no, then it was easy to change my mind where, you know, if buying a course online was helping me do better in my business or with my writing, that was very easy for me to say like, yes, I this makes me feel good. I do. I won't regret this purchase, even if, you know, it's, you know, just adding to like some education or I learned something. And so kind of like knowing what you really, really want to do and care about, and then making sure that your money 
supports that most of the time can make it a lot easier to kind of accomplish those bigger goals. And, and even if you just set, you know, if you set a goal to, you know, stop spending in for a month after that month, it might be a lot easier to be like, okay, wow, I don't miss it or look mm -hmm. what I accomplished and I could kind of keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Limit, like definitely like unsubscribing to some of those emails and stuff can definitely yeah, it's a big help. one. <laughs> it's really like, it it, it's really overwhelming. We see so many ads every day. Um, that it's, it's almost like getting to be too noisy where mm -hmm. um, I like every other thing is a sponsored ad or a post. And it's like, Oh, like this is really just a sales tool. It's not necessarily like, you know, connecting me or seeing pictures of families and friends. It's, it's usually some sort of sales. So just to be kind of mindful of that and aware of it, instead of feeling like, wow, how did they know that I needed this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Realize, it's like, like, I only thought of don't. that. How do they know? <laughs> how are they here? Like, are they in my, in my head, in my computer? And um, yeah, just trying to, if you can, you know, block out some of that noise and focus on more of the things that really light you up. Yeah, that's great. So what do you think was the biggest thing that you learned from this experience? Um, I think the biggest thing that I learned was like actually spending some time on my, you know, my looking at like what my thoughts and feelings were, mm -hmm. because a lot of times I would go straight from something happening to reacting. Like I had a bad day or I'm lonely in this town and I, you know, I don't travel home until, you know, two days from now instead of thinking, okay, how does that make me feel? Is this the right role for me? What should I do? You know, I would just go shop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so instead of going straight from this circumstance, which is real, like I'm in a different city or I had a difficult day or I'm tired and thinking about, you know, doing something to correct it, I would jump straight to, all right, I'm going to do something that'll make me feel better right away. And I think that's how any habit, any, any behavior happens is just repeating it several times and and then eventually you don't even notice you're doing it. So I do spend a lot more time writing down, you know, things that I'm I'm thinking and feeling. And then like how could I think about this or feel about this a different way? And like I know you talk to people who are in a lot of debt. And I talk to people too that say I have a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. I I feel so terrible. I I hate myself, you know, I feel so guilty. But it's like it's just a fact that you owe this amount of money. Like you can change your thoughts, you can change your feelings and have a different action, a different, a different response to the situation. And then the results change. So, you know, I think that that's kind of something that this whole process has helped me with to kind of think about things in a lot more depth and mm -hmm. then respond in a way that's helpful to me or to my family instead of just, feeling a certain way about money because money's difficult and it's not something we're all trained to, to do well with or to understand. And so I think we see it as a very emotional thing when it's really just dollars and you can have a plan to do different things with your money, whether it's get out of debt or save money to start a business or to send someone to school or retire. It's really just, we put the emotion behind it. So that something that we can kind of control. That's, that's very true. That's a really good point. Um, so just to kind of wrap up here, I do love to ask people what their favorite nonfiction book is, you know, just 
self-improvement and working on yourself, just like you did with, uh, you know, not shopping as much or not shopping for a whole year and, you know, the things that you uh, learned along the way. So um, what is one of your favorite nonfiction books? You know, I picked up a book this summer and, um, and I was in Cape Cod visiting my, my mother-in-law and um, it's called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And it's an interesting nonfiction, a very short read, but he survived concentration camp. And he was, um, he was a psychiatrist when he went in and just reading about the way that he used his brain to help him survive like the worst situation possible and the way he helped other people survive and what happened when he saw people who gave up or who, you know, who were just dealing with things in a different way. So um, it's something that I think anybody could read and um you know it's been it's been around for for a long time but that's probably one of those books that like when you feel a little bit out of control or maybe a little bit lost like it's it's super fascinating and like very inspiring to just see how you know you know decades later in different situations or whatever's going on in the world like we all have this very powerful tool right inside our own heads <laughs> that um, maybe we, we could all use a little bit differently. Um, and just to, to get through, you know, difficult times. Yeah. I'll have to add that to the list. I've got a yeah. whole list growing now since doing <laughs> this podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a quick read. It's less than a hundred, it's less than 200 pages. Oh, okay. Um, good. A tiny book that you could fit in your, in your purse. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, just, you know, just fascinating. I, I like hearing stories about people, you know, and their, and, and what motivates them and inspires them. And this was, this was one that I think probably has inspired a lot of, a lot of writers, a lot of the, you know, the um, Adam Grants and the Simon Sinek, like the people, the big thinkers that we see now, like have, mm -hmm. you know, kind of cited this book as one that kind of changed their whole opinion on everything. Wow. And it's nice that it's a quick read. Yeah. No, I know those are great too, especially if you like to go back and reread things or you just like to have mm -hmm. them, you know, a little coffee <laughs> stashed away somewhere, but quick one, but it's good. Good. Um, and where can people find you? Sure. Okay. So um, my website is uh, relatablewealth.com and you can also um, find me on Twitter at Relatable Wealth and Facebook at Relatable Wealth and on Instagram at Misty Lynch CFP. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Thank you so much to Misty for being here today. Be sure to go check her out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all the places and go grab your no spend challenge checklist and helpful tips at budgetsmadeeasy.com slash no dash spend dash challenge. I know that's long. You can also just go to my website, budgetsmadeeasy.com and just search no spend and it'll come up. Uh, you know, it's a really great way to reset your mindset and your, your budget, uh, and save some money quickly. So you don't have to do a whole year, even just two weeks, a month, you know, a month is 
um, you know, pretty good as well, especially if you um, do more than just, you know, your frivolous spending or clothes or things like that. You know, you can try and do a pantry challenge where you don't even go grocery shopping, you know. So there's a lot of things that you can do and it's totally up to you how you do it, how long you do it, and what you decide not to spend on. The most important thing is that you... Um, you know, stop spending on things you don't need and really just try and reset your mindset and create some new habits. So uh, go get your no spin challenge checklist and ideas and tips on how to um, be successful with the no spin challenge. I'll link to it in the show notes, budgetspineasy.com slash no dash spin dash challenge. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.